Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I'm speaking with Disney bride Anne Lipsy about her wedding at the Magic Kingdom. I thought you guys would be interested to hear about how she planned this event and how everything turned out. So welcome, Anne. Hi, how are you? I am great. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I would love to start at the beginning and find out how you decided to have a Disney wedding. Sure. Well, ever since I was really young, we've been annual pass holders to Disney World and Disney Vacation Club members. So for me, at a young age, it was a non-negotiable that I would have to get married at Disney World. (laughs) So luckily, my fiance, Robert, was on board with that. He drank the Disney Kool-Aid very quickly. He realized that Disney was great for a wedding because it's just a one-stop shop and everything is done so professionally and so perfectly consistently. So for him, it was a no-brainer as soon as he started going with me. And for me, it was always a no-brainer. So that's how we ended up with Disney. (laughs) Now, was the day that you ended up getting married the day that you originally planned, or was everything pushed back due to COVID-19? Everything was pushed back. So our original date was May 9th, 2020. And as we all know, Disney was closed down during that time. So in early April, we decided to go ahead and push back to November, thinking that everything would sort of have smoothed over over by then, which it did to an extent. At least Disney World was open, but so we had to go into November. How did you choose your ceremony and reception venues? So our original ceremony and reception venues were very different than where we ended up at Magic Kingdom. So for May 9th, we had originally chosen Seabreeze Point over at the Boardwalk Resort. And then our reception was originally supposed to be at the France Pavilion in Epcot on Eau de France and Terrace de Flor. So originally we chose Seabreeze Point and Epcot for our ceremony and reception venues, mainly because Epcot's our favorite park. We love going to the Boardwalk Resort. We love that entire area. It just feels very quiet and beautiful. And we had seen a wedding set up there back in March when we came for the Disney wedding showcase in March, 2019, I think it was. So we had seen a wedding set up for Seabreeze Point there. So that really influenced our decision because it looked so amazing. So then 
in, I think it was early October, we were talking with our planner and everything was still moving forward at Seabreeze Point and Epcot for our original venues, just a different date. We spoke with our planner and she let us know that while Seabreeze Point was still possible for us, we may not want to remain at Seabreeze Point because the mask restrictions at resort venues were a lot more heightened than they would be at a theme park venue. So she was actually the one to push us in the direction of Magic Kingdom. She mentioned that there was availability for our date after hours at Animal Kingdom, Magic Kingdom, and Hollywood Studios. So we ended up asking just a few more questions about what would entail with all those different locations. And we landed on Magic Kingdom and it it took off from there. So we made that jump in very early October. So like a month and two weeks out from our wedding is when we changed it. Wow. Now, normally Magic Kingdom has extremely high event minimums and ceremony minimums. Were they able to work with you because of COVID and everything changing so suddenly? We did have some additional fees for um, lighting, just additional cast members that would have to be there. We changed certain elements, for example, like floral and our reception decor a little bit to fit the space. So just a little bit of an additional charge here and there. Got it. And you did your reception in Magic Kingdom as well? Yes, we had our reception at East Plaza Garden in front of the castle. Oh, that's great. And then where was the ceremony set up? So the ceremony was originally supposed to be in East Plaza Garden, but a couple weeks before the actual wedding, our planner told us that it would actually be in the center hub area of Magic Kingdom. So right behind the partner statue was where our chairs were set up and the aisle was um, going to be down towards the front of the hub there. So our little altar space was right in front of the castle, like directly in front of it, right in front of the street around the hub on Main Street. Wow, that's awesome. Now, how many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? So originally we were at 75. We had a lot of friends and family coming from Europe, so they were not able to make the trip because of travel restrictions. So Disney told us that we could have no more than 50. So we were right at 50 mainly because those Europeans weren't able to make it, but we also had to disinvite a few people, which was very difficult to do. But we were right at 50. We were at that maximum number, which was great. So everybody was able to come. That that was meant to be there, yeah. Got it. Okay. Now, at your event, when and where were guests required to wear masks? So guests were required to wear masks anytime they were up moving around which was, I mean, pretty frequently when they were going from point A to point B, when they were on the buses to get to all the different venues. But when they were seated, they did not have to wear masks. And then when they stood up by themselves six feet away from everybody, they didn't have to wear masks for pictures. So for example, some of our guests chose to take pictures in front of the castle when nobody else was there. So they were able to take those masks down for those particular pictures. So it was really just when people were up moving around, it was masks all the time. When everybody was seated, eating and drinking, it was no masks required unless you got up. Okay. And how about for you guys? So for us, we had a little bit more lax restrictions. So our wedding party did have to wear masks walking down the aisle. And then they did have to wear their masks standing up at the altar. Robert and I didn't have to wear masks at all when we were going down the aisle. When we were standing at the altar, we didn't have to wear masks. Our officiant did have to wear a mask the entire time. 
but Robert and I didn't have to wear masks during the ceremony. And then when we were taking pictures all around the Magic Kingdom post-ceremony, and we also didn't have to wear them when we were in Cinderella's coach, riding around the hub and then over to the reception. We didn't have to wear them then. Got it. Okay. And were your family members and friends allowed to stand next to you with no masks in photos? They were, but they were very careful about which groups were able to do that. So my parents, my grandmother, and my sister were able to take their masks off in photos with us, but my aunt and uncle and cousins were not. And then my bridal party and Robert's groom party, they were able to all take their masks down when they were with us inside of the wedding pavilion. But when we were at Magic Kingdom, I don't recall whether or not they they were able to take their masks down. But family members standing next to us did not have to have their masks on, no. That's interesting. And were you at the wedding pavilion before the ceremony or? Yes. So during COVID, with their restrictions and regulations, because we had our photography done by Disney's Fairytale Weddings, they were unable to come to the Riviera Resort where we were getting ready. So we were not able to get those getting ready pictures and pictures around the resort, you know, getting into the bus and all that kind of stuff. So they recommended that we would come to the wedding pavilion early so we could get some photos there of my party and Robert's party. And that way we could take our masks down and have some nice pre-wedding photos. So that's, that's the only reason we were at the wedding pavilion prior to the ceremony was just to get some pictures. I see. Okay. And then for the reception, how did they do the seating arrangements with the groups of people who are in travel pods? And what do you do about single people? How was that all handled? So the week of the wedding, I was making travel groups. I was doing that when we got down to Disney World. It was things that I was still working on. So our planner had us divide our guests into about 15 different groups. And from there, they populated the tables by group for the pre-reception, for the cocktail hour, for the ceremony, and for the reception. So everybody was divided up into their groups the entire night. Every time that they sat down, they were in those little groups. Interesting. And was the cocktail hour someplace separate from East Plaza Garden? Yes. So the cocktail hour we actually did before the entire ceremony because the ceremony itself was at 11 p.m. So we all agreed, Robert, our planner, and I all agreed that people might want to eat and drink a little bit before then. So our pre-reception cocktail hour was actually at the Grand Floridian in the Whitehall room. So while I was taking pictures in Magic Kingdom and the wedding pavilion prior to the ceremony, that's where our guests were which was actually great because they were able to congregate there, which made it easier for the planner and the rest of the Disney cast members to get them into the Magic Kingdom because they all had to be bussed in together. So that is where they were during that time. I see. Okay. And then at the actual reception at East Plaza Garden, how did they set up the food service and the bar with the COVID restrictions? So we had, it was supposed to be a buffet originally. So what they did was just put plexiglass in front of all the food. And then there was two different options that our guests could choose from. They did call up the tables by number, 
and they were able to go up there and be served by the Disney cast members. But the alternative was for the servers that they had coming to the tables to get drink orders, they could also put in a food order and those servers would actually go get the food for them. Hmm. So as far as the bar goes, the servers would just come to the table and get drinks for our guests. And we had an open bar instead of a cash bar or anything like that. So that made it very easy. And and it was a little bit more convenient for everybody actually than having to go stand at a bar for an extended period of time. That's true. That's a good point. Did you have a DJ in dancing for your reception? No, and we were not going to do that originally either. It's just, it wasn't really our style. It's not really what we wanted. We just wanted a really nice dinner, a really beautiful chance to mingle with our family and friends and have them mingle with one another as well. So no, we didn't have any dancing or a DJ at all. Okay. And did you do ceremonial first dances? We did not. No. Okay. Were you allowed to have things like a guest book? We didn't actually have a guest book. I'm not sure whether or not we would have been allowed to, but my maid of honor and my mom put together a little box of cards from our guests. So they had cards laid out at all of the reception tables with pens for each of the guests. And then my mom went around and collected what those guests had written on those little cards and put them in our box for us, sort of just like a card box, but a little bit more personal and a little bit more like a guest book, just individually written by everybody. That's a great idea. Yeah. Did you guys have any entertainment or character appearance? We did not have any character appearances, but we did have a pianist. So, well, he was really a keyboardist, but they projected his playing all over Magic Kingdom. So it was just loud and amazing. <laughs> and oh, it was so wonderful. And I gave I gave our planner a list of very maybe not very, just relatively obscure Disney songs for the pianist to play. And he was able to play all of them and and they were just absolutely beautiful. But no, I I do regret not having Mickey and Minnie show up, but it was okay without them as well. There was plenty of other things to look at. Definitely. Yeah. And then this is a question I see a lot. How did your makeup hold up with taking the mask on and off all night? So maybe it's because I had so much makeup on, I'm not sure, but it stayed on very well. Although my mask, when I took it off periodically, it did have a lot of makeup on it. So you you didn't see any of that on my actual face. But um, overall, it, it did hold up really, really well, surprisingly. So that was good. Oh, that's great to hear. Can you give a timeline of how the wedding ran? Sure. So I started getting ready for the wedding around three o'clock in the afternoon. So knowing that the wedding wouldn't be until 11 p.m., everything started fairly late. So we had hair and makeup start around four o'clock. We had our videographers arrive at three. And then we just got ready until we were picked up around 8.30 p.m. So my group was picked up from the Riviera Resort and we went over to the wedding pavilion. We got there around 8.45 and we were taken into the wedding pavilion. Our cocktail hour started at nine o'clock at the Grand Floridian. So the guests were picked up between eight and nine o'clock and they were taken to the Grand Floridian to participate in the cocktail hour while I was getting pictures done. So around... Right at 9.45 or maybe 10 o'clock, the bridal party was picked up by the bus and we were taken over to Magic Kingdom. 
And we got off of the bus and we were walking into the park as some guests were leaving, which was pretty, pretty interesting to see. And we were walking down Main Street around 1015. We were watching the um, Disney cast members set everything up in the hub, set everything up for the reception area. And I went back down Main Street around 1040. And my dad and I were back there waiting on the coach while our guests were coming in right at 1045. Somehow they were all seated and ready for everything to begin at 11. And it began right at 11. And I ended up coming down the aisle probably around 1115, 1120 when the carriage dropped me off. So that was the ceremony timeline. And then the ceremony only lasted until about 1130. And then Robert and I took a lot of pictures, probably for about an hour. And our guests were ushered over to East Pasta Garden for the reception. They started eating around midnight and everything wrapped up right around three o'clock in the morning. The buses came back, picked everybody up. And so it was very, uh, very late night, but it was, it was a lot of fun. That's a, an interesting point because I do see a lot of people say, oh, well, we'd love to do Magic Kingdom or, you know, after hours in Animal Kingdom, but it's so late for our guests. Did your guests, did they stay awake? Were they active? Were people falling asleep in their chairs? How did it turn out for you? <laughs> Surprisingly, we were very hesitant at first when our planner told us, you know, we can do Magic Kingdom, but it's going to have to be 11 p.m. It has to be two hours after the park closes. We were very hesitant because we are like 10 o'clock bedtime people, as are many of our guests. So we were a little bit hesitant at first. But overall, the guests that were there were awake. I think that they had their adrenaline rushing. It was it wasn't at all what I expected. Everybody was wide awake and just happy to be there. And we did have coffee at the reception just in case anybody <laughs> needed a little bit of a boost of energy. But we had kids at the reception as well, um, the youngest being probably six or seven. And there were no issues with them falling asleep or getting tired either. Actually, all of us discussed it after my family and Robert and I, we all discussed it and we could have stayed another hour in Magic Kingdom. We were so awake and just happy to be there. So I would say if anybody's planning a late night wedding, don't let that deter you at all because it worked out. Everybody was running on adrenaline. So it worked out much better than we had initially thought. That's wonderful. Yeah. I often tell people who are worried about the early morning weddings at Disney that, you know, this is one day of your life that you have to get up early and it's one of the most special days and it's totally worth it and it'll be fine. And so it sounds like on the other end of that, having to stay up late, it's the same situation where it's an unusual special event and people are not just going to be falling asleep because it's so late. Exactly. Exactly. So you had coffee. Do you have any other menu items or cake flavors you can recommend? Yes. So our cocktail hour food was amazing. I was not permitted to go to cocktail hour, but my husband was, <laughs> but they were able to get some of the food out to me. So I was able to try it. So the three things that we had that I would recommend all three, we had bacon wrapped scallops, we had cheeseburger spring rolls, and we had pimento cheese deviled egg filled mini cones. All were incredible. Things that I would recommend from our actual reception we had a couple of different action stations that were all fantastic, but we had a martini action station that everybody is still raving about. It's not actual martinis, but it is served in a martini glass. So you had your choice of champagne and Parmesan risotto, truffle mac and cheese, and mashed potatoes. 
And then there was a toppings bar that went along with that, that included lobster, crab, prosciutto, cheese, chives, things like that. So that was outstanding. And then we actually had two cake flavors on our cake. We had the churro cake with regular vanilla buttercream. And that was my favorite part of the entire night. I thought the churro cake was absolutely fantastic. And our other cake that we had was almond with caramel mousse. Both were outstanding. The churro was better, but everybody really, really enjoyed those flavors. So that was really great. And then we also had Mickey bars at the end of the night to give to all of our guests. So of course, that's that's definitely something I'll always recommend. <laughs> and did you have any other events in the days around your wedding, like a dessert party or a welcome party? We didn't have a dessert party. We were going to do that when we had initially planned everything in May, but in order to just save a little bit of money here and there, we ended up cutting that. But we did have our rehearsal dinner on the Friday before the wedding. And we originally were supposed to do our rehearsal dinner at the attic, but with all of the restrictions going on and because it was just going to be our immediate family and the bridal party, we decided to use Disney Vacation Club points to rent out a three-bedroom villa at the Riviera Resort. And we ended up just ordering food from Primo Piatto, the quick service restaurant that's downstairs in Riviera. So we picked up that food and we had our rehearsal dinner in the room and it was very intimate and quiet and just a really nice way to connect with everybody. But that was the only event that was formal that we had. Yeah, that's, I often recommend that because it can be great if you have a large enough room or set of rooms if you're doing a DVC suite, you know, that's a great idea and usually less expensive than planning a formal catered event. Oh, yes, much, much less expensive. It was it was pretty shocking, even even being a DVC. I mean, the cost of those rooms, just dollar amount is much less than what you're going to pay if you're renting out, say, California Grill or something like that. So I would highly recommend that. Great. So when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget? For our original May wedding, our biggest focus was the food. We wanted the food to be sort of the star of the show. We knew we weren't going to have any dancing or big entertainment or anything like that. Although the original wedding, we were going to have fireworks. So that was something we had a difficult time letting go. But the food was the focus. So when we moved to Magic Kingdom, we still kept the food as the focus. We didn't change any aspect of our menu. But some of the things that we focused on when we made that change was the decor and just making sure the decor was tasteful and simple just to let the venue do more of the talking, I guess, for lack of a better word. And what aspects were less important where you saved your money or your effort? I mean, I guess the entertainment portion of it, we didn't feel the need to have a musician play throughout the reception because the background area music was perfect. As with any um, Disney theme park, the background music is, is phenomenal. So we didn't put a lot of money into entertainment at all. And the price for the pianist, I think the price difference was maybe two or $400 rather than just the standard musician. I think it was a guitarist or a violinist or something like that. That was one of the um, lesser aspects that we were focused on was probably the entertainment. And were you always going to use Disney for your photography or did you have to switch when you changed to Magic Kingdom? We were always going to use Disney for our photography. And we actually had a 
<laughs> a video chat session with Disney Fairy Tale Weddings photography back in mid-April when we were sort of all assuming that things were going to be open by May. So um, luckily we we retained the same photographer with Disney and we had a portrait session as well. So we knew we were always going to choose Disney for our photography and it was fantastic, of course. Oh, that's great. Where did you do your portrait session? We did our portrait session at Epcot and we did that three full days after the wedding. Oh, that's great because that gives you time to recover. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly, exactly. And we actually paid $250, I think it was the cost for extra time. So we were, the standard is two or three countries in Epcot. We did it around World Showcase and we were actually able to get to five because we paid for that extra time. So if anybody is thinking about doing that, I would highly recommend spending just a couple extra hundred dollars and getting some more countries in if that's something that you really want to do. That's a great tip. So out of this very spectacular sounding whole entire wedding day, what was your favorite memory? I think my favorite memory, so I have two. The first one, of course, is starting to walk down the aisle and seeing Robert and being in our own little bubble. We were in this massive theme park where nobody was other than our small group. And just seeing him, everybody melted away. And it was just fantastic just to be able to lock eyes on each other and just have that moment. And then my second favorite moment was when he and I were able to get in the coach and ride around the hub and just be able to breathe. Finally, the two years of planning had paid off and we were finally married and it was just a sigh of relief. So it was really nice. That's wonderful. Did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? I wouldn't say that it went wrong, but the cocktail hour went a little bit differently than I had anticipated. And I think that that was mainly because of all the restrictions associated with not only a resort, but being inside. Like I said, I wasn't at the cocktail hour, but everything that I've heard from guests and from Robert, because he was there, it wasn't negative feedback but they were very, very strict in the interior space. So our guests couldn't go up to each other's tables, even with masks on. They were very strict on that. So the socialization aspect of the cocktail hour was a little bit less than I was anticipating, but I completely understand why it was like that. You're in an interior space. You know, you don't want anybody to get too close to each other. So we, of course, understand. But that was something that I... I think that I had anticipated it would go a little bit differently, but I'm not sure exactly what I had envisioned. So that was the only thing. Interesting. Okay. And was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were worried about, and then it turned out not to be? Definitely the time. I was very worried about the 11 p.m. ceremony. I thought everybody would be exhausted. I thought that I would be exhausted. I thought we would fall asleep at the altar but it did it wasn't a big deal at all. Our original wedding was supposed to be at 5 p.m. So for us it was a huge jump in time and it just didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. It was it was absolutely perfect. That's great. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I do think that I would have included a ride mix-in at Magic Kingdom if that had been possible. We didn't ask. We didn't really have time because things were changing, you know, from a month before the wedding to up to two weeks before the wedding. So things were changing so rapidly. We had originally included Soren as a ride mix-in for our original wedding date. 
So I think just being able to have done that would have been sort of the cherry on top to have our guests go to Peter Pan's flight or Haunted Mansion or something like that would have been great, but nothing else I would have changed. (laughs) Do you have any tips or advice for future Disney couples, especially those who are interested in using Magic Kingdom? Absolutely. I would say don't let the time scare you at all. It's going to be all worth it. Disney is going to do everything in their power to make sure everything is perfect. I would say if you're hesitating at all about doing a Magic Kingdom or any other theme park for that matter after hours, I would say if you're able to do it and you want to do it, absolutely go for it because it was it was better than I ever could have imagined and our guests are still raving about it and the pictures that we have been getting back are just so stunning and so incredible that I I just wouldn't have chosen any other way, even though we had originally made all these other plans. And then one more thing about after hours theme park weddings, if you're going to do a portrait session around the day that you're getting married, we were actually able to have almost two full hours of photography time in the Magic Kingdom before and after the ceremony. So it's almost like we got an additional theme park portrait session um, without having to travel to the park early in the morning because we were already there. So that was a huge bonus that I think people should keep in mind when they're planning this. That's great advice. Well, Anne, I think you've offered a lot of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in any kind of Disney wedding. And I appreciate your taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Everybody go get married at Disney World. You will not regret it. It's absolutely magical. (laughs) That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, Check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.